Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Yeah, right. Yes, today we are talking about coffee on hot takes on a plate here on the Believe Podcast Network. It is the thing that keeps me sane during a global pandemic. It is the thing that is keeping me sane this morning as... You may be hearing during the recording of this podcast something that sounds like thunder. I promise you it's not thunder. It's my five-year-old who is throwing a temper tantrum above me as I record this in my in-law's basement. Oh, the life of a global pandemic, but thank goodness for coffee. So we're going to throw some hot takes out there about coffee today. But before we do that, I want to get into a little bit of housekeeping here. If you're not already... Please subscribe to the show if you listen on Apple Podcasts, and if you listen like me on Spotify, please follow the show. The beauty of that is when a new show comes out, it just gets dropped into your listening device. You see it. You never miss it. You don't have to listen. There's there's no commitment here. You're not married to the podcast or anything. It's just a nice little reminder. It's like, hey, we're here. Listen. And, you know, if you if you listen on Apple Podcasts, you can always rate the show. Five stars, of course. Come on. Do it. It's good for me. It's good for you fuels my ego. Come on. And of course, you can always follow me on social media at Rob Patron TV on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Okay. Now, like I said, here on Hot Takes on a Plate, you get to eavesdrop on the ultimate food fights as I debate my culinary world friends and other eating enthusiasts in their areas of expertise. And the area of expertise today is, of course, coffee. And I am joined by my friend Arsalan Pormond, who owns the amazing Flux Coffee in Farmingdale, New York, on Long Island, in Arsalan. Is that is that is that a pseudonym? Pseudonym Pormond is that 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 is too good a name for for a guy who owns a coffee shop. Pormond, come on. Yeah, it's one of those things. I kind of picked my profession based on my last name, uh, <laughs> just to make it you know nicer for everyone. Like every weatherman has a really cool last name. They didn't choose their Storm. last name. Storm. It was weather exactly. I always remember growing up watching Stormfield. I'm like, is that really his name? Or is that a pseudonym? Now, now on TV, a lot of those people, they do have pseudonyms. I've heard yeah. stories where people have to literally change their name, which is so messed up. But that's another story for another day. All right. So, of course, you got Flux Coffee in Farmingdale. If people don't know, who don't live on Long Island, it's a fascinating place because you only serve pour-over coffee. You don't have quick-serve coffee out of no. a canister, a drip, you have to wait for your coffee. And Long Islanders are not the most patient people by nature. New Yorkers are not the most patient people by nature. But you've made it work because the product is that good. Yeah, I mean, being on Long Island, it's really not the easiest place to kind of have the pour-over bar and only have a pour-over bar. Uh, people in general out here don't like waiting a b like you know 40 ounce coffees that they're going to sip on all day and it is a lot of education that we do at the shop a lot of teaching people and having them understand what coffee is because uh, a lot of people you know for being something that's consumed so much no one actually knows anything about coffee as far as where it comes from and how it's made and why it tastes the way it tastes and i'm curious you know, obviously, we're going through this global pandemic. It's been really, really hard on restaurants. You know, you have a shop. You you invite people in. You can use the Wi-Fi, hang out. 
but you also have an online business and everybody needs coffee, especially right now. So I'm curious, how has how has your business done during this whole COVID era? Uh, well, when it first started, we, you know, like everyone else, you know, sales went down and, you know, we were operating on a skeleton staff. Um, it got really slow and really scary for a bit. And then once it really started to, you know, once it started to get to the bottom of being as slow as it got, our online sales skyrocketed. We went from getting maybe, you know, on a good month, five orders a month to getting 20 orders a day. Wow. Um, so that kind of saved our business for a while. And it's really, I think the funny thing about our online business compared to our in-store business is that they're two completely separate businesses. Um, our online business, we get people who love coffee and, you know, we get the same, you know, we get a lot of the same people ordering different things and we get people from all over the U.S. ordering, you know, some of our fancier coffees and, you know, some of the stuff that you don't find everywhere. But our clientele in-store is mostly, you know, people do buy bags, but in-store is mostly espresso drinks. Right. And I'm curious, you know, so now Long Island, you know, like the rest of New York State outside of New York City, you can do indoor dining at 50% capacity. I'm curious, what, what does it look like inside Flux Coffee right now? Because to me, Coffee shops are like the most communal of places, and they're really the thing that, if I'm being honest, I miss the most right now. As much as I miss restaurants, I really miss coffee shops because as a city person, that was sort of my, it was almost like my extended room in my apartment. It was it was my study. It was the place I got away where I, when I needed like a little bit of quiet and a break, and I wanted to see life happen around me, but also maybe you know, do some work or, or whatever. That was my, my Zen place. And so I'm curious, what, what is, what does a coffee shop look like right now inside during this, this pandemic? Well, it's a tricky place because our place isn't that big. You've been there. Mm -hmm. It's moderately sized for a coffee shop. Um, normally we have 40 and change seats inside and we have a big outdoor area in the back. We've got seats out front. Um, but right now we're still only operating with the seats out back. We haven't opened up any seating inside. Um, the problem for us especially is 50% occupancy means 20 seats, 20 seats, six feet apart and properly distanced in my shop would mean max five tables. So 10 people can sit down or we just, you know, put the communal table out and, you know, have people socially distanced properly from that. And then we got to start putting time limits on how long people are going to be sitting. Cause like you said, people like to go to coffee shops and sit and talk for hours or read a book, do some work. It's not generally, uh, generally speaking, obviously, you know, a quick in out experience when you want to sit down. Um, so it just be creating, you know, creating conflict with people that we don't want to create conflict with yeah. people that come in and sit down every day. We're friends with a lot of them. You know, because you're in there all day and we we end up getting to know you, we become friends with you. I made a lot of good friends from the shop, just regulars that come in every day and I see every day and we shoot the shit. Um, so we don't want to put time limits on people. We don't want to impede on, hey, I just got 10 minutes of work left to do. It's like, yeah, but these people have been waiting for your seat, so you got to go. We just want to avoid all that. So nobody's sitting down right now. No. Yeah, this is, this is the challenge, right? It's just... 
it's it's a bunch of lose lose decisions because it's it's so this is the thing that I think about. I think most you know the, at least the 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 restaurant owners, business owners that I know, they're they're really good people, and their hearts in the right place, and they're trying to do their best. But I can't predict, and neither can you clearly, who's going to walk in your door that day and want to stir up trouble. And, you know, you're not law enforcement, you're not anything, you're just a coffee shop owner. And now you're in this position where you have to enforce rules that people are mad about. Nothing good comes out of that, man. <laughs> no, we have, it's funny, the, the one issue that we've had during this whole pandemic is this one particular guy who, I won't go into the whole story of the things he's done and said in the past, um, but he works on the same block as the shop. He came in without a mask one day and we have, we have a whole bunch of masks at the shop. People come in without a mask or, you know, a broken mask. We're like, Hey, here's a new mask. It'll make life easier for you. Or if they come in without one, it's like, Hey man, you got to wear this while you're inside. And he put up this whole big stinking fuss about it. You know, it did not go pretty. And now he's been trolling us online saying, um, just saying all types of racist and just horrible things and how he wants the shop to get burnt down. And it's really ridiculous. Like, dude, we asked you to wear a mask. Uh, and, and I mean, I, this is an audio, you know, medium. So when you say racist, you are of Middle Eastern descent. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. of Middle Eastern descent. But it, it's just funny because the racist stuff he says isn't about me. It's just general racist Oh, he's just having fun. He's just he just thinks this is like a a chance to just open up on all the the stereotypes people have about the non mask wearing group. Oh, great! That's that's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I I'm just so tired of it all. I wanted to have fun today, Arsalan, and now you got me in this mood where I'm just like mad, <laughs> just mad at the world. I mean, it, I, you know, my I think you know, there's been a lot of memes about this stuff out there. I think my favorite one. I've seen it circulate a few different times is about like, you know, the, the freedom cafe. Have you seen the freedom cafe one where it's like, you know, welcome to the freedom cafe. And it's like a play on the whole. Well, you know, a mask intrudes on my freedom. It's like, well, here at the freedom cafe, we, you know, we don't believe, you know, we need to wear gloves when we're making your food and we don't, you know, it's all the sanitary stuff. We don't believe we need to cook your chicken, you know, to 165 degrees. I mean, you know, some people may get sick, but that's okay. You know, like, and it's just so like, yes. Yeah. Yes. Wear a shirt while I'm making your coffee. <sighs> Impeding my freedoms. <sighs> Let's have some fun, Arsalan. Let's let's just let's let's let's. Or it might not be fun for you because I'm gonna throw hot takes about coffee your way, and I know we're gonna agree on a lot of this, but there's gonna be probably a few where we don't. And you know a lot more about this than me, so I'm probably gonna look like a fool, but that's okay. So I'm gonna play a little game. I'm gonna throw some hot takes your way. You tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong, and why? Here we go. The first one: the best way to drink coffee is black. Correct. It's black. I mean. I the only asterisk I will put next to that is if it's really bad coffee because then you might want to mask it with a bunch of sugar and cream but otherwise if you're drinking if you're drinking from Flux coffee don't don't put anything in it people it's you're you're not you're not tasting it then you're masking it you you know well, you can you could explain this better than I can if you're coughing if you the best way is to drink it black if your coffee tastes bad 
then you're not drinking good coffee. Coffee should never not be delicious. If you want to put a little milk or cream or whatever in it to elevate the experience, that's fine. Make it the best cup for yourself. But if you can't drink it black, then it's not good coffee and you should reevaluate where you're getting your coffee or how you're making it. I mean, good coffee, you should, it's like wine. You should be tasting notes of things in it. You know, mm-hmm. some you might get a little cocoa, you might get some berries, you might get all, all different things. Bad coffee to me, it either, it, it either tastes burnt or it tastes um, almost like cardboard. Like yeah, just, it just, you're just drinking cardboard. Wet cardboard, wet ashy cardboard. I mean, there, there's something to be said about shitty diner coffee in that I call it like the nostalgic coffee taste of just shitty coffee. And there's something almost comforting about that. Um, but at the same time, it's not good, but it's comforting. You know, I should have told you before we started, I usually don't curse on the show because I like to say we're a family show and anyone can listen. But you know what, Arsalan? It's a global pandemic. Curse away. I'll put a disclaimer at the front. Just let it fly, man. You know, now that we're down there, let's let it fly, man. You got a lot. You look, it's been a hard it's been a hard year, man. Let it go, man. Let it go. Let it go. All right. Next one. Light roast is the best roast when it comes to coffee. When you start getting into that dark roast, the roast is overpowering the actual flavor of the bean. And you're not getting that subtlety. You're getting, boom, here's some burnt in your face. Light roast. The best roast. Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong. I'm not wrong. You're not wrong. I'm not right either. (laughs) I love, yeah. Dark roast is definitely not the way to go. Light and medium roasts definitely are. I was going to say, it depends on the bean right some beans may take better to a medium roast yeah yeah exactly um you know if you like your once you get past a certain point in the roast you're tasting how that coffee's roasted and it's like toast burnt toast all tastes the same doesn't matter what kind of toast it is if it's burnt it's burnt and that's how it tastes because it you know that carbon has its own taste um light and medium roasted coffee roasted properly and cooled down properly does not taste bad. It should taste delicious. It should taste fruity or chocolatey or nutty. You know, there's a lot of different things that that coffee is going to have inside of it. Once you start dark roasting it, it's going to take away every nuance. And the only reason you should ever drink dark roasted coffee is if it's, there's never a reason. (laughs) Trying to think of something. Never a reason. Never a reason. All right, next one. This one I might get into a little bit of trouble with you on. The brewing technique, the brewing method is not nearly as important as the quality of the bean. I mean, I think to me, if you have a good bean and it's roasted properly and it's sourced properly and it's ground fresh and all of that, you know, you could, it could be drip and it's fine. It's fine. It's too subtle a difference. I, I often, when I get, when I pay extra for pour over, I know you're shaking your head at me. I just go like, what did I waste my money on? I don't know. I actually find sometimes that pour over tastes a little bit more, it's like more watery to me, the texture. I don't know. Like, I just don't, I, I to me, it the, the brewing method, not that important, relatively speaking. I think most people are not going to notice a massive difference. Just the quality, give somebody a quality product. Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong. You are right. 
I'm going to agree with you. Oh, really? Okay. With an asterisk. Okay. It has to be properly made. A lot of places don't properly make their coffees. Um, a lot of places will, you know, grind their coffee finer, so they have to use less coffee. In turn, it doesn't taste as good as it should be tasting. So in other words, the grind, if you grind it properly, drip coffee's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, so uh, during the pandemic, uh, we actually, we set up a batch brew in the shop just to make the, the boxes of coffee to sell on um, like Uber Eats and stuff like that. Um, just so we can push out, you know, anything that we could push out. We still weren't making batch brew for the shop, but we were making batch brew in boxes of coffee to sell. Now, and, why, why won't you do that? If it's good enough to sell batch brew, why not do, or, you know, for, for to go, you know, and for delivery, why not try it in the shop? People don't know anything about coffee. Generally speaking, a lot of people don't understand a lot of things about coffee. They'll come to the shop and, you know, this isn't anything negative on them. And they'll say, give me a cup of coffee. They won't look at a menu. They won't look at anything. They're like, all right, well, we have these four different coffees for you to choose from. And immediately they get overwhelmed. And we're like, well, it's not that big of a deal. You know, if you go to a bar, you ask for beer. They're not going to just give you a beer. They're going to ask you what kind you want. If you ask for wine, they're going to ask you what kind of wine do you want. You know, and we kind of take a minute and explain things to them. And it kind of gets them to start thinking. Some people off the bat say, all right, just give me the Colombian. Because to them, Colombian coffee is regular coffee. We don't have Colombian coffee. So we kind of stop them and we kind of make them think a little bit. It's like, well, look at these four different coffees. How do you take your coffee? And then we kind of start a dialogue with how they take their coffee, if they take it, you know, whatever they put in it, if they drink it black, and how they like their coffee to taste. And then we make it for them. You're forming relationships. Yeah. I mean, that's, and, that's, you know, that's what a good bartender does. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's an uphill battle, but sometimes when people stop for a second and think, you know, all the bigger companies push their dark roast because dark roast is cheaper to make. It's easier to make that huge machinery that they use to roast the coffee can only roast dark roast. So they push that harder to make you think it's better. Now, I'm curious, you, you said most people will come in if they're not super familiar with coffee and they will default to Colombian because that's just what they know. You know. We hear a lot of like buzzwords with coffee that just get thrown around, but in and, and, and food in general, we hear these words that get thrown around that are supposed to mean something, but I think most people don't know what they mean. So like with coffee, you hear Arabica. What the heck is Arabica? Um, so there's two, so coffee's a plant. Coffee is a cherry. Coffee is the seed of a cherry. Coffee is that seed of the cherry, depulped from the cherry, flash fermented, dried out, roasted, pulverized with hot water in it, and then you get coffee. So plants, like, you know, plants are different species of plants. And the two big varietals of species of plants, one is Arabica and one is Robusta. Um, so you can kind of imagine like a chart going down, Arabica, Robusta, and then from there, it flows down into hundreds of other different species of that particular coffee strain. So Arabica grows at a higher elevation. It's, it's a little bit harder to grow. The yield is less than Robusta, and Arabica actually tastes, you know, good Arabica, even 
poorly grown Arabica is, you know, using generalizations, tastes better than Robusta. Uh, Robusta grows much easier. It grows at a lower climate. It yields more and it does not taste great. But this, again, you just, I think I know more than most people about this topic. You just taught me something. Like, but then you see like McDonald's telling you that they got Arabica beans and it's like, ooh, but nobody, like how many people really even know what the heck that means? Like, I just laugh at these terms. It's buzzwords. It's buzzwords that people hear and they get excited to hear. Now, legally, if you call something Arabica, or if I say this is a Jamaican Blue Mountain blend, I believe, I think it differs from state to state, but it has to have 10% of that particular thing that you're advertising in your coffee for you to call mm. it that. So a lot of places that'll sell you, you know, Kona, Kona blend for blend. $30 bag. Yeah, blend is the key word, is 10% of it is whatever they're advertising and the rest is filler. Mm. They're just capitalizing on buzzwords. So know your dealer. Exactly. You gotta know your dealer. <laughs> and know if they're cutting or if they're not cutting. All right. Next one. The I threw this one out to Claudia Fleming the other day. Um, in a in a dessert context. I'm gonna throw it out to you because she had actually never tried this combo, but she agreed with me that it made total sense. The best thing to eat with coffee is a lemon flavored pastry think about like like a lemon pound cake uh like a lemon loaf lemon poppy seed whatever lemon i'm telling you it will change your life forever it just it does to the coffee what like food and wine those combinations do it it just it just it, to me like when i have that the acidity from it like a really really bright lemony thing it balances out the coffee it actually brings out a little bit of the syrupiness to the coffee it's the perfect pairing tell me i'm right tell me i'm wrong i love pairing citrus with coffee so i will say again you're not wrong um certain coffees i feel like will be paired better with other things we pair our espresso with an orange wedge and some seltzer i believe you've, you've had that at the shop before and i really feel like a shot of citrus really elevates your espresso especially things that are on the nuttier chocolatier you know brown sugary end of the spectrum of coffee i think it really pushes those forward okay so i'm right yeah yeah i'll pat myself on the back all right Next one, coffee is a terrible brunch drink if you are going savory brunch. You know, people just will by default get coffee with their brunch and then they'll order a burger. That's disgusting. That is just like there is no reason you should ever, 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 ever have coffee with a burger or, you know, like like steak and eggs or ham and eggs or like I even like a bacon, egg and cheese with a coffee to me just doesn't. I don't know, man. Like, I, I just don't, I don't, I'm not feeling it. Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong. I'm not a big breakfast person or a brunch person. But I'll give that to you. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it doesn't make sense. I mean, yeah. All right. The flavor profiles just don't mesh. Around. No, they don't. They don't. But, you know, it's a drug coffee. We need it. We crave it. So we do it. <laughs> In fact, that, that segues into my next hot take, which is, Coffee is better than alcohol. How about that? Like if you said to me, 
all right, you got to go the rest of your life without coffee or the rest of your life without alcohol. I'd be like, buy alcohol. Like, I, I just, you know, like, I need that coffee. I need it, man. Like, I'm not, I, like, I, I, I mean, it's addictive. Like, if I go a day without coffee, I get a headache at four in the afternoon. I'm not going to lie. But just that nice joy I get out of the, you know, first thing in the morning, you know, just enjoying that cup of coffee. Like, that's hard. That's hard to replace. Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong. You are 100% right. I will up you one and say, given those two options, I feel like a lot of people would take coffee. If you throw in the third option of sugar, everyone will take sugar. That's a good point. A lot of people that come in to the shop and get espresso drinks are addicted to sugar, not necessarily the coffee. Yeah, they well, look at Starbucks. They built a whole empire on it. I yeah. mean, that's the thing. The thing that makes me laugh is Starbucks. It's got this like, I don't want to say halo around it, but something about it in the way they've marketed it. I don't want to say people think it's healthy, but they don't look at it the way they look at McDonald's or other fast food chains as these unhealthy bastions of gout and everything that's wrong with America and our obesity problems. I mean, if to me, you know, go to Starbucks, get yourself a Frappuccino every day. You're just throwing 500 plus calories into your day every day for what a beverage. Like to me, that's the problem. That's the biggest problem. I, I just, and it's all sugar. It's, so it's not, it's not even good calories. I, I call, you know, their, <clears throat> their, their hot drinks, melted candy bar, uh, melted chocolate bar drinks. Cause they really are like a melted chocolate bar. You know, they make, they sell a ton more coffee than we do. I know a lot of coffee shops on Long Island that <clears throat> have, you know, the wall that has their 50 plus flavors of coffee. And they just they have bottles of syrups all in the back that they make you whatever flavored coffee or flavored crap, whatever you want. They, I know, I know for a fact, they make way more money than we do. And look, and, I, did, I don't want to make this like a diet thing, but like, if you drink your coffee black, not only does it taste better, but guess what? There's no calories. You're drinking water. So lately, we, so during when the pandemic started, we started doing um, the big ass drink. Cursing again. My apologies. Go for it. Um, so it's a 32 ounce ice drink. And the original concept when we first launched it is you can get two plus days worth of ice latte, keep it in your fridge, dose it out. And so you don't have to leave your house. And that kind of morphed into people coming in and, you know, putting a straw in it and just drinking it straight, which we didn't see coming. And then it kind of <laughs> took off. But there's people that come in and get, you know, an ice flavored latte. Now our flavored lattes, we make all our flavors ourselves. There isn't, you know, if you're getting an ice in a latte, you're getting, a, you know, a teaspoon of sugar in there. Um, not that it's not that bad, but then they pour, they want it with 28 ounces of half and half. And it's insane. Like that's 57 servings of half and half. Uh, just pouring that much half and half out. The smell just makes you. Yeah. Gag. But you know what, Arslan, I'm going to go to bat for those people right now. It's a global pandemic, man. People are doing whatever they can to get by. It's just, you know what, let them have their 57 half and halves. Just, you know, it's just, we're, it's one day at a time. You know, if somebody wants to order six pizzas tonight for dinner and eat them all themselves, fine. That fine. Person, I've Whatever. I've been to place really hard during the pandemic. 
Diet starts tomorrow. <laughs> All right, last one. New York City coffee shops are overrated. To me, the best coffee shops are in smaller communities. I just, I, it's funny, every time I, I go on a trip, I find a coffee shop that I fall in love with that, and I, I fall in love with it because I can sense the communal vibe, the thing that's missing often from the city when people are either too busy or they're like me using a coffee shop as their, their home office and they got their headphones on and they're ignoring everybody and they're just plowing away at their work. But smaller communities, they're, they're the heartbeat, you know, they're where people go first thing in the morning. It's where they see their neighbors. It's where, I mean, look, there are some places, you know, especially like by me in Brooklyn that replicate that really well. Uh, there's a place I'll give a shout out to by me, Canteen, that I love. It's, it's you know, it's a coffee shop, pastry type place. And, um, you know, I'll be honest, like their coffee isn't even my favorite coffee, but I go there because it, there's such a strong communal vibe. You know, the owner is just, she's amazing, Alex, and she talks to everybody and she gets to know everybody's name. And there's, it's, there is something so alluring to that. And when you see your neighbors and you can talk to people and have that moment, which is really what we're missing right now during this pandemic. And, but, but like, especially Manhattan, like if you've ever been in a Manhattan coffee shop, it's just, it feels lifeless. There's no soul to it. It's just people coming in, coming out. You know, I went to Montana last year and I wish I could remember, off the top of my head, the name of the place in Missoula, but there was this amazing coffee shop. It was in like an old garage and it, it was huge and they were roasting their own beans and everybody was talking to everybody and people were reading magazines and chatting and it just felt so communal. And, you know, I think of like tandem coffee roasters in Portland, Maine, which is a great place. Again, it just has this like fun vibe to it. it, it and so to me, People think of New York City, I think they think of Central Perk and they think of Friends and it's got this whole aura of like the friendly neighborhood coffee shop, but it's not. It's not. It's places like yours, Flux Coffee in Farmingdale. Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, I'll, I'll give that to you. And there's a difference between going to a coffee shop to get coffee and going to a coffee shop to be a member of the community that goes to that coffee shop. <clears throat> Two very different vibes. You know, we have an amazing community that comes here. We wouldn't be open without them. You know, I, I think the big difference though is places in the city don't need a community behind them. No, they got foot traffic. People come in and out, get their fix and go. Yeah. But on the flip side, people in the city also live in very small. I mean, why do you think bars have for for generations been so successful in the city. It's because bars are a second living room for people. People don't have people over to their tiny apartments. They meet them at bars. They meet them at restaurants. And to me, like, you know, coffee shops are just like the morning and midday version of that. And, you know, look, people have work meetings all the time at coffee shops, you know, networking meetings, things like that. But it's just not the same vibe as when you go to some smaller areas. It's just not. Yeah, I'll give that to you. There's a great place um, that I love uh, by my my folks live upstate. They live in Ulster County. It's called um, Underground Coffee and Ales. And I don't know what their situation is right now with the pandemic. Hopefully they're open. If they are, check them out. It's one of those great sort of all-day places. Um, they serve really good coffee in the morning. They get it from... Um, Oh, gosh, I'm drawing a blank right now. It's a place we actually had on Restaurant Hunter. Um, 
Coffee Labs in Tarrytown, um, which does a really great product. And then at night, it's a bar and they have a really great selection of craft beer. You can also get it to go and they have food and all that. And it's and there's a friendliness and a communal vibe that that is often missing in the city. It just is. You, ha- you you have to be friendly, right? Like like when you're in Farmingdale, you, you can't just assume random people are going to walk by every day. Like you have to be nice to your neighbors or you're not going to have repeat business. It's that simple. Yeah. yeah. And that's most businesses. You can't be a dick and you, you know, expect people to come back. But, but you can to an extent in the city. You can be the soup Nazi. Yeah, you know, yeah. in the city, it's 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 especially if you're like in a touristy area, you can be whatever, and your your customers change every day. But you can't do the smaller the community, you can't you you really you just can't get away with that. You have to you have to create a sense of community. Yeah. Well, listen, Arsalan, thank you so much for the time. What is the website for people to order Flux Coffee online? FluxCoffee.com. That's pretty easy yeah. to remember. Yes. <laughs> F-L-U-X-C-O-F-F-E-E. Coffee is definitely for me. Arslan, thank you so much. Man, no problem, Rob. It was great to talk to you. And listen, again, if you are listening to Hot Takes on a Plate here on the Believe Podcast Network for the first time, please subscribe, follow, whatever you do on your podcast listening device of choice. Give us a rating as well, five stars, of course. And you can always follow me on social media at Rob Patron TV, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Hot Takes on a Plate is part of the Believe Podcast Network. That's B-L-E-A-V. Check them out at B-L-E-A-V.com. Until next time, I'm Rob Patron. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.